0: A day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack Day podcast.
1: What is up, Green Bay Packers fans? Welcome back to another edition of the Pack a Day podcast. Here we are, fans of the worst 13 and three team of all time, talking about talking about your Green Bay Packers on the Pack a Day podcast, uh, NFC. Championship-bound Packers. Uh, super pumped. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Ross Uglem. You can find him on Twitter, at Ross Uglum. Uh, follow his work over at PackerReport.com. Ross, how are you doing? And do we have any Packer Report news you want to lay on us?
0: Not not particularly. No. Um, we're, we're rolling right now. We've got two months for a dollar. If you'd like to check out our VIP stuff, otherwise... Ah, uh, the free stuff is pretty hot right now too. Uh, come and check us out. We we have, uh, you know, Gilbert and I've got the podcast going. the The Packers are fourteen and three. They're sixty minutes away from a Super Bowl. I mean, uh, what could be a better time to to be a patron of the Pack Report? And like you said, come come VIP, come free. We don't care.
1: Business is booming, man. What a great time to be a Packers fan for sure. Uh, Ross. This game yesterday was basically the Packers season in a nutshell, right? They looked good in spurts. They wanted you they made you want to pull your hair out in spurts. Their defense looked good in spurts. Their defense looked bad in spurts. Like it was just a perfect microcosm of the season capped off like they've done all year just finding a way to win the game. And I go back to, you know, you and I were at the at the chiefs game in Kansas city and being on the sidelines, there's something just special about this group of guys. And I don't know what's going to happen next week in San Francisco. I don't Um, it's, it's basically house money, but being on the sidelines in that chiefs game, when the chiefs got on a little bit of run of, of a run, I talked about this with uh, Peter Bukowski on his, his locked on Packers podcast and there's something about, and it was Zadarius, And I know it's not just Zadarius, but he's kind of taken on the role of the captain of this defense and really kind of the captain of this team. He's a vocal leader. He's a vocal guy. And I remember in that Chiefs game, they started getting on a little bit of a run. The Packers defense seemed like they were on their heels a little bit. And he's over on the sidelines. Mike Penton's talking to the group, the group of front seven type guys. And then Zadarius got up. And the way he addressed the team with such confidence and he didn't say anything crazy. I could hear everything he was saying. It was just the basic speech was we're going to be fine. Like, trust me, we're going to be fine. We need to do our jobs. And he's the type of guy when you look at him and he's saying stuff like that, it, you believe it. Like I believed it on the sidelines. I'm not even in the game and I'm sitting there. He's like, Oh, yeah, Z- like Zadarius says it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. He's got this. And he's backed up every single thing he's said this year so far. Like I I don't know if I've had any more fun watching a Packer in the last five to ten years than than we have watching Zedarius Smith this year. I mean, he's he flies all over the place. He his he's he's charismatic, he's fun to listen to. And pull pulling out the snubbed shirt was so perfect. I'm sure that'll cost him bucks yeah, and grand. Yeah,
0: he's going to get fined for that.
1: We should start. I mean, I'm sure if, if he, I mean, he's so beloved in Green Bay right now. I'm sure if someone started a GoFundMe, he would probably make money off of that. I would, I'd, I'd throw him a few bucks. Uh, but this has just been such a fun year to watch this group of guys and just how they're able to win games. I mean, this is, it's a special group. And you got a first year head coach at Matt LaFleur. Uh, the, the, this or, this organization just seems like they're in very good hands um, for the future, even with an air, uh, an aging Aaron Rodgers. So, as Packers fans, just enjoy the ride, man. This has been such a blast, such a fun fun season to cover and follow this team. Um, but Ross, I saw you know you you did your uh, weekly breakdown today on Twitter. Um, what were some of your some of your really your key takeaways from this game in particular?
0: Uh, you know just really impressed uh especially with Rodgers i thought this was about as good as he's been you know the the throwaways uh, were a part of things a little bit but uh you know what without or, or or outside of throwaways i tell you what uh there weren't a lot of incompletions you know there weren't a lot of incompletions on on throws he was actually trying to complete he averaged 9 in attempt uh with two touchdowns and and no picks and uh, just an absolute assassin on third down. That's the type of Rodgers' performance that then you start talking about Green Bay maybe being tough to beat, you know, and, and and that includes San Francisco, Kansas City, who they've already beaten, and Tennessee with, I don't even really understand how they're here. Uh, but kind of in general, um, just impressed uh, offensively. Defensively, really nervous about any type of uh, – Mahomes matchup, uh, just because, man. When it got to be twenty-one-three, I knew that comeback was coming because, uh, when when the Seahawks got to the point where they're going to throw every down, Green Bay is not able to rush and spy and cover, and, and few defenses are. I, mean, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to get anything twisted, but um, the the Russ Wilson scramble. Uh, offense was efficient, <laughs> extremely, extremely efficient. And you know, the Packers aren't going to
1: see anything like that for the rest of the season. Garoppolo certainly is not going to be that way. Really, the which is it's crazy to say this, but the closest guy to that is probably Tannehill. Well, Mahomes played, uh, yeah, they're, I think Mahomes and Tannehill are both similar, but still. Still nothing to the level of Russell Wilson. Like the guy was – he is, but even last night, you know, it was talked about how he really has drugged this team to where they were at. And right. he had to play – he had to play his A-plus game for them to be in contention. And he brought it. I mean, especially in that second half. He was um, – I mean, I said it today on Twitter. Like, you just got to tip your cap to him. He he was – he's unreal. You know, he's an easy he's an easy guy to make fun of because he's got like zero personality but he's got like 100% ability on the field. So, um, you know, good for Russell Wilson that, that he was able to do that. You know, obviously the Packers, you know, Preston Smith getting that sack at the end of, uh, you know, three minutes left or whatever it was in the fourth quarter was probably ended up being the play of the game um, for the Packers. So uh, great job by Russell Wilson. But even so, the, whole, the narrative this whole week, right, was uh, Russell Wilson is a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. And Russell Wilson was fantastic, but he—I uh, I mean, it's easy—it's venture to say that the reason the Packers won this game was because Aaron Rodgers was equally as good as him, at least throwing the ball. You know, obviously, if Rodgers doesn't have the legs like like he used to, but throwing the ball, like my goodness, I—it it almost got to the point where we've gotten so used to Rodgers. Uh, Not—I I hate saying the—I hate saying game manager, but it's kind of what he's been this year. You know, it's not in a bad way. He's just. A veteran quarterback that's taking care of the ball, uh, doesn't turn it over. He's going to make plays when they're there. But he made plays last night when they weren't there. I mean, that, that was vintage Rodgers. And, I mean, you said it, you, he was an absolute assassin. It was it was a lot of fun to watch him last night. Uh, it looks, you know, and part of me wonders about, like, Devontae. You know who's been dealing with his toe all year. He hasn't been on the injury report for a few weeks, but that's stuff that that's that's the kind of injury that does linger all year. I almost wonder and it hasn't been talked about a ton, but he just looked different out there last night, and I almost wonder if that second bye week uh, helped him more than anyone else because um, you saw the routes that uh, that the uh, the fake pick fade was filthy. I mean, that that's something that you can just I I probably watched that 100 times today. Um, So the Packers uh, were just a ton of fun. Who are some guys, Ross, that you think were kind of, you know, we talked about the main guys with your Zedarius, Preston, Rogers, uh, Devontae. But who are some kind of under the radar guys that you thought played well and maybe deserve a little bit, a little bit more pub than they're getting?
0: Uh, Chandon Sullivan was really good again. I've I've talked about Chandon uh, all year. I got in touch with our buddy Ben Solak with the Draft Network, who is on the Kist and Solak show, one of the more popular team-specific podcasts, uh, frankly, in the world. And he was very lukewarm on on Chandon. I thought maybe a cover two corners, own corner zone uh, corner. Sometimes those guys translate really well uh, to the slot, to um, you know, kind of that star position where they are not usually asked to do. Really, anything without some sort of help somewhere, um, you know, a, a slot guy even in man is usually going to have a safety over the top in case things get real ugly. But but Chandon's been fluid in coverage. He's understood uh, what his responsibilities are. He's been able to really affect the game in, in positive ways. And and frankly, uh, should have ch- turned the tide of the game early with a fumble recovery. Um, but he he was excellent again. And and I mentioned this, you know. Uh, I I could really see the Packers pouring resources into a different group when they might have been thinking corner early. They certainly could think corner early, but if you feel good about Sullivan at the nickel and and Jair Alexander as your top corner, I think you could have kind of a competition between Josh Jackson, Kevin King, and Kadar Holman this upcoming offseason for sort of the rest of that playing time and feel pretty good about it. You know, feel like uh, maybe you get a year three leap or a year year four leap out of yeah, year four leap out of King. Uh Josh Jackson gets a full offseason in the program and you're looking for the year three leap out of him. Mm-hmm. And Kadar Holman was a press man corner that I think really impressed everybody uh last offseason. So if you feel good about the things that a you know that a that a Darnell Savage uh, could do uh on on the inside, you feel good about potentially things that obviously Chan and Sullivan could do on the inside. Then, then if Tremont Williams wants to ride off into the sunset, you, you you're, you're good with that. And you're not necessarily like, Oh man, we got to take another corner in the top 100.
1: Yeah. And that's, and that's a, you know, we'll talk about this, this off season, but I think that's one of the most interesting positional battles that the Packers will have because you hit the nail on the head. Like they have talent there. Um, there's no question about it, but you have a guy like how, how old is Tremont? 36. How long is he going to play? You know, we've seen corners like, I mean, he's, he's really shown no signs of not being able to continue this into another season. Um, But as we always know, those guys can hit a wall quickly. Um, So it's, it's pretty cool to have a guy really taking almost an identical path that Tremont took um, into his, you know, long productive career. And you know, to say Channon Sullivan is going to have that is is very premature. But, you know, Tremont Williams spent time with the Houston Texans before he came over to Green Bay, spent time on the practice squad, got a shot and never looked back. Channon Sullivan so far is doing the exact same thing. So you're looking at Channon kind of like you said, as, as a guy that potentially could replace uh, Tremont in the slot um, unless Tremont wants to come back. I think if Tremont wants to come back and the price is right, I I pull the trigger on that uh, 100%. Um, someone else that – and I'd like to get your take on this too because uh, just going back and watching some of, just some of the highlights, and I haven't watched the game again, but a guy um, that I'm kind of a homer on because he's one of my dudes in the draft, but he keeps surprising me with how productive he is as a blocker. And I'm talking about Jay Sternberger the rookie tight end out of Texas A&M, he's, you know, we, I said it on this very pot, like we did not think he was going to be a blocker coming out, but here he is, you know, playing fullback for the Packers. Uh, and I, I'm thinking of, you know, that toss play uh, that Jones had got picked up nine on that, you know, he had a good kickout block. He he helped class line of scrimmage as well. What are your thoughts? Um, and on top of that, you know, he, he outrepped uh, Jimmy Graham last night. So what are your thoughts on the rookie tight end out of A&M?
0: really encouraging you know i mentioned i think at the beginning of the year or maybe even it was when he was coming off of ir designated return i just just like hey guys you know let's be let's be realistic about this it's important that we uh you know treat rookie tight ends the way rookie tight ends should be treated and be pretty pessimistic about statistically you know how they're going to impact the game and and i think you know just literally wrote something along the lines of expectations for for Jay Sternberger should be pretty low. and a bunch of people jumped on that. In fact, Sternberger himself gave that tweet a like, uh, kind of letting me know that he saw it. But uh, statistically, you know, from a yards catches touchdown standpoint, it is what it is. you know he's he's been non-existent basically. That doesn't mean he's playing poorly. It doesn't mean that his developmental track is is not what we hoped it would be. Because it is, you know, it's it's he is right on track. It's just that it takes these rookie tight ends till their second, sometimes even third years in the league before they're able to grasp the entire flow of of what they need to do until they're physical enough to be on the field and on blocking downs. They're, you know, uh, well enough versed in the playbook to be on the field on passing downs. And sometimes those things don't happen at the same time. And you, you end up as kind of a specialty tight end where you're. Only in in that situation or this situation, I mean, these complete sixty snap a game tight ends—they don't just grow on trees.
1: Yeah, and to talk about development, you know, his his development's kind of reversed to what I thought he would be his rookie year. I thought he could be a guy. We know he can run the seam. We know uh, his. You know, he can really stress a defense at least that's what he was in college. And that's why you, you know, you kind of fall in love with his athleticism on the field and what, what he really, really struggled with at, in college was blocking. Not that he was asked to do it a ton because he wasn't. Um, but so it is really encouraging to see, you know, cause like you said, that's usually the last thing to come is, is being able to be physical and strong enough to kind of hang on those edges and be able to to bang with those guys. But um, you can tell he needs an offseason he he looks kind of small out there at times but man his his effort out there is, is is something fun to watch so i'm I'm excited about sternberger I think you know you add you add some playmakers to this offense you look for his second year development and you know this is something for this Packers team man this this year is all just kind of gravy uh the fact that they're in the NFC championship game is 100 just fun because this is not something I don't think a lot of people expected um, and it's it's they're kind of in rare air right now I don't know what the exact number is but I'm sure it's small I'm sure you could probably fit it on both hands uh, the amount of rookie NFL head coaches that have brought their team to a conference championship game so um, it's it's a lot of fun to, to look to the future and see um, kind of what's going on and we don't need to spend a a ton of time on the 49ers. Um, and I told you off air, I kind of want to just revel in this in this victory um, because as Packers people, the Seahawks have been kind of a thorn. I mean, yes and no. The, the Seahawks have been a thorn in the side of the Packers only because they've won in annoying ways, but they haven't won a bunch. So the Packers, I think, have won what, like now – for the last six games they've played, yeah, you know what um, it
0: is, uh, though it, it is flat out. Um, it's it's the home team over over and over and over and over again. Uh, the home team has has won the you know won the game, and and that just keeps uh, for whatever reason happening over and over again, and that's.
1: And that's how it should be, really, kind of. I mean, when you have two evenly matched teams. Um, But what really yanked my chain, I guess, and I wasn't going to go here, but we're going to go here, the the yellow line, Ross. I had Seahawks fans all up in my mansions last night complaining about that first down call to Jimmy Graham. One, the yellow line, and this has been said – to a, to great lengths already, I, I get that. But that yellow line is not official. If you've seen the picture of it, my goodness, it's a half a yard off. Jimmy Graham got the first down. Like I don't, I don't think it's even. I mean, it, it is close. I'm, it is close, but there's no way they can change that call, especially when they set the precedent earlier in the game with the Chandon Sullivan fumble recovery and I just did air quotations because he was he landed on the ball it was clear it was a clear and obvious recovery if you watch the clip it's right between his legs he has it and then he comes up with it I don't know what else is more clear than that if you're gonna say that wasn't clear even if Jimmy Graham was six inches short or whatever the ruling on the field there was nothing to overturn it and that's football so Seahawks fans should not and won't get any sympathy from Packers fans because we're not even going to have to go to the fail Mary to talk about that. So if you're a Packers fan and, you, and you've gotten a Seahawks fan to make you feel bad in any way, shape, or form about that call, you can tell them to call Also, it it's because- on Fox.
0: It's on Fox. Look, I've been chirping all day about the inaccuracy of the yellow line when you look at where the actual sticks are. They're on opposite sides of that thick white hash. The yellow line's off by a half yard. You know, I mean, uh, just because Fox, which is, you know, a a company independent, their production is independent of the National Football League, and in no way are those video graphics official, you know, just because they put a yellow line in a place doesn't make it the first down marker. It's it's not how football works. What if you put the yellow line at eight and a half yards? It's not first and eight and a half. I mean, anyway, I'm going to get going on a, on a kind of a tangent right. thing, but well,
1: it's and what I think a lot of people don't realize too is when the officials go under the hood and look at that, that yellow line's not there,
0: right? That's just oh like God, you said, yeah. it's
1: independent, that's not they're not looking at that at all. And but and what was they double reviewed it? What is this? Like Pete Carroll had an aneurysm, so they were able to go back <laughs> and do it again. Like that was wild, and I mean as a Packers fan watching that game too, you're kind of just nodding your head. Like, of course, of course they, they went back and looked at that. Um, but it didn't matter. It did not matter because era, cause, cause Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback. That's why it didn't matter. Um, which is, which is a fun thing to be able to do. So, uh, looking, looking ahead real quick though, Ross at, at the 49ers. I mean, I, I said it already, but this really is a house. This is house money. They're, should be zero pressures on the pressure on the Packers. Like, of course they're going to have a game plan. They're going to go in there confident and stuff and all that. But I mean, you're the Seahawks, you're a seven point favorite. You whooped up on this team in the regular season. Uh, go do it again. You're at home. Like whatever. Everyone's expecting you to, at the Packers are underdogs. And what, for the third time in Rogers career in the playoff, is it the playoffs or in his career that he's a seven, seven point underdog? It's gotta be playoffs, right? Yeah. Um, but whatever it is, like no pressure. Go out there, play loose, have fun. If you get a win, you get a win. Like the ball is a weird shape; it it can absolutely bounce your way if you want it to. And I'm sure we'll have plenty of people. I, I have not rewatched that game, um, so I honestly don't even really remember. All I really remember about that Niners game is their front seven just kind of wrecking the game. And I remember after the game, Rogers talking about how a lot of it was just communication. And that's what I think he's talking about is those blitz packages that they would come with. It wasn't a lot of, well, it kind of was. I mean, Nick Bosa was whooping up on guys, but who cares? It's a brand new game. It's a brand. It's like it practically might as well be a new season. So uh, you got to play the game. You never know. Packers can win it. Just show up, you know, who, who, I don't know what, what I, I'm just kind of rambling on about it now, because I honestly, I'm still kind of like jittery about yesterday's game. Cause I'm still pumped about it. Um, but what are your kind of your quick thoughts about the 49ers Ross? Uh,
0: yeah. You know, it's, it's a, this, this whole thing actually gives me a lot of 2014 vibes. Um, the, the Packers went out to Seattle and got absolutely toasted, uh, by the Seahawks. And then played them later and and 100 percent should have won that game uh very similar team shoot had Richard Sherman on that team you know uh really solid front seven uh at that time a young quarterback that hadn't proven uh a, a ton you know I think by that time he had won a Super Bowl but mostly handing off and, and watching his defense play defense and that's not to discredit Russell Wilson but he wasn't the man you know on that team that beat Ah, uh, Peyton Manning. You, that was the Legion of Boom and the Marshawn Lynch of it all, and uh, you know, it, it just wasn't his squad yet. And I just can see a lot of that here with Jimmy G. Is is he, you know, the guy? Do you trust him to bring you to a Super Bowl? He, he threw the Vikings a couple. I think they only caught one of them, but he threw the Vikings a couple in the in the uh, uh, divisional round there, and and I think we'll probably throw the Packers a couple too. So. I, I, I certainly expect Green Bay to be, you know, within that touchdown mark at, at some point. And, you know what, this team is now 8-1 and one or 9-1 and one in one score game. So they've shown you just if we're in it with six minutes to go, we're, we're going to find a way. And, and that's what I think the Packers hope is. Would I, you know, pick the Packers in this game? Probably not. But that sure as heck doesn't mean they can't win it.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. You got to play the game that they they've earned the right to be there uh so go out there and upset you know shock the world it's gonna be fun it's gonna be nerve-wracking it's playoff it's playoff football season man I've missed it um but other than that man I got nothing else if you if you got anything else let me know but Packers fans will be back in a couple weeks hopefully <clears throat> I guess hopefully talking about uh probably previewing a Super Bowl that's what I'm hoping for um but other than that, thank you guys, as always, for uh, for listening and being a part of this journey with us. And as always, Go Pack Go!
0: First and 10 from the 17 to San Francisco. Give Jones around the right hand, gets a block, makes the turn, 10 to the 5. to he ends up... Second and 2, 6-yard line to Minnesota, tied at 7 apiece. Graham tied down right side of the line, 3 receivers, bunch of the left, Rodgers under center. It's motion to the right, here's the pitch, Jones around the left hand, he's got Bakhtiari blocking in front, Jones makes the turn of the pull off to the end zone, for the touchdown. Second and short, yeah. Jones, big hole, right side 20, 15-10, to the end zone, touchdown! Takes the snap, delay, Hands it off, Jones up the middle, with the burst. There, there he is! is. 25-20, 15-10, Five stepping Hands out! Touchdown! Backers aren't going anywhere today! They are here to play! 33 yards. touchdown burst! To match the number on the jersey of Aaron Jones! Oh my goodness, what a play! Jimmy Graham wide to the right side. Three receivers bunched tight on the left. Aaron Jones on the left side of the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, in shotgun. Handoff Jones picks his way off the right side, fights for the goal line, and did he get in? Yes, he did! Touchdown! Single back offense behind Aaron Rodgers who ducks in under center. From the 29 of Green Bay, and here's the handoff off the middle. Big Hall, straight ahead. Here's Aaron Jones. Up to the races. To the 12. To the 15. To the 10. Down the left sideline. And he's out of bounds. Inside the 10 of the 5-yard line of Miami. Aaron Jones with a first 67 yards.